freedom fighters, freedom lovers, and those who just want stuff for free. Greetings and hello. It is I, your favorite obscure social studies teacher, with just above average intelligence, looks, and style, Mr. Palumbo, and this is the Professor Liberty Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I appreciate it, as always. Of all the things you could be doing right now, you choose to listen to this podcast. And I think you're awesome because of it. If you'd like to email the show, the email is ProfessorLiberty1776 at gmail.com. That's ProfessorLiberty1776 at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your comments, your concerns, your opinions, your observations, whatever. Send them to Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. Well, you guys, it's been a while. I know it's been a while since my last podcast. I want to apologize. You know, we've been a little sick. You probably can tell I have a little congestion in my voice still. And, you know, just like everyone else in the world, we're extremely busy with things like work and kids and life. And, I strive to put out quality content, which obviously takes time and energy. You know, there's a lot of content out there. I mean, you guys surf the web. You guys go to YouTube. You know, it's like when you go to YouTube and there's all this content. Not all of it is good. Frankly, a lot of it is bad. It's like when you go to YouTube to watch some kind of instructional video, right? Some people make really good, easy-to-follow videos, but a lot of the videos, in my experience, are clunky and long, and they contain needless monologues. You know, look, I'm sure your life story is interesting, but I didn't come here to hear about your life story. I came to figure out how to fix my ceiling fan. I have this one student. She's always, she's a senior this year. She's got her own Facebook, or not Facebook, she's got her own YouTube channel. You know, Facebook's for old people like me. The kids don't have Facebook, but they, she's got her own YouTube channel and she tries to get me to watch her content. Now I have to say her video editing is quite good. That's one thing I should say about these young kids. They're really good at producing killer videos with cutaways and music and sound effects. That stuff's really good, but they don't take the time to write out their content. And because of it, it tends to be pretty bad, boring. They ramble. And no one wants to watch or listen to that. I say this, all this to say that here at Professor Liberty, we try to research, organize, and write podcasts that will educate as well as entertain. And hopefully it'll be something you'll come back for more, not just ramblings of a middle-aged madman. That's totally going to be in the show now. The middle-aged madman. I'm going re- to work that back into the show uh, somehow. So before we move on to the main topic of the show, I'd like to share a few thoughts on this affirmation frenzy that we seem to be going through in our culture and in our society. I don't know where this idea came from, but it's this push to affirm everything and to affirm everyone. Now, the word affirm means to state strongly or publicly, and it also means to offer encouragement and emotional support. Now, obviously, this is in and of itself isn't a bad thing. In many situations, it could be a good thing. But like most things today, this idea of affirmation seems to have been hijacked. It has become affirmation for affirmation's sake. 
at my school, we have these counselors and social workers, and they've started this campaign, this affirmation campaign. So along the walls of the hallway, they've put up these sticky notes with positive sayings. Things like, you can do it. You're strong. You belong. Mental health should be a priority. You can do your best. Just be you, etc., etc., etc. Now, some of these, like I said, are quite good. And one can't help but read them and walk away, you know, with a, with a positive vibe. There's nothing wrong with these messages, like I'm saying. Now, students are even encouraged to take a sticky note that they like, something that resonates with them, and keep it with them so they could, you know, read it and uh, continue to think about it. I don't know. What I have noticed is all this affirmation seems to be one-sided. Where are all the notes saying things like, life is hard, or you're responsible for your own actions, or if you fall down, get back up? As I read all these affirmation notes, I couldn't help but think, where are all the reality notes? Where are all the honest notes about facing adversity? Where's all the notes about, you know, having to meet challenges in your life? You know, where's all the notes, and I know this would never happen in a public school, but where's all the notes sharing about the things you need to work on? Nobody's perfect. You can't affirm every little thing. Some things you need, you're selfish. You're rude. You're condescending. That means talking down to people. Now, all the notes in the hallway are positive little notes. And, I, and that's the intention of the exercise, right? To find positivity. But constantly affirming creates soft, squishy people. Or more importantly, constant affirming creates narcissism. If all Johnny hears is how good he is, how awesome he is, when quite frankly, he's not good at anything or awesome at anything, but nobody tells him that. Nobody tells him, hey, where's the sticky note that says, Johnny, you want to get better? Go practice. You know, the word encouragement means to instill courage. Well, how does one instill courage? It's not by simple positive words. It's by compelling them into situations where they can be courageous. You know, what came to my mind was at the Battle of Princeton, 1777. General George Washington's army is crumbling before his eyes. And how does he instill courage in his troops? How does he encourage his army? He goes out to the front of the battle, bullets whizzing by, people falling left and right of him, and he rallies his troops not to retreat. They end up winning the Battle of Princeton because of that encouragement. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that sure, affirmation has its place. And yes, young people should be affirmed when deeds and situations call for it. But what young people also need is they need the truth. Young people also need someone in their lives to push them and encourage them to face their dragons and to battle their demons. I was watching this nature show the other day, and it was about parakeets and how this group of parakeets make their nests inside of a volcano. This is true. Well, once the parakeet babies are ready to fly, they must leap from their nests and fly. 
There's no practice. There's no warm-ups. They literally learn how to fly on the same day they, well, leap out of the nest. What's the point? My point is you can't fly until you risk the fall. If you never risk the fall, you'll never learn how to fly. Our society has turned into these adult parakeets who constantly tell their young babies, don't worry, you don't have to risk the fall. You could just stay in the nest for the rest of your life. Or they say things like, you're special for being a non-flying parakeet. Or they say things like, it's wonderful you haven't matured emotionally. You just be you. Smiley face emoji. The whole purpose of a parakeet being a bird is to fly. Now, uh, Mr. Palumbo, not all birds. Would you shut up? The parakeet's purpose is to fly. Just like the purpose of a young human is to become a mature, older human. You can't mature if you're constantly affirmed. And yes, not everything in life is worth affirming. Some choices are not worth affirming. I'm sorry, but it's true. If you affirm everything, you're affirming nothing. And you can never establish self-confidence in young people by constantly kissing their butts. Self-confidence comes from pushing yourself, trying to overcome yourself, conquering things yourself, fighting, growing, persevering. Self-confidence comes that way. It never comes through a simple positive platitude. Okay, on to the show. Today's podcast is entitled St. Patrick's Day. So I'm sure you can guess what we're going to talk about. That's right. The holiday known as St. Patrick's Day. Now, I must give you a trigger warning. We'll be discussing things like slavery and Christianity today. And I know some of you despise religion because, you know, it's bad and stuff. But we can't talk about Patrick, heck, we can't talk about most of our holidays without mentioning their religious underpinning. So what is St. Patrick's Day? Well, March 17th, so this week, the Catholic Church celebrates the Feast of St. Patrick. You know, a lot of our holidays, as I just mentioned, have ties to the church calendar. For example, Valentine's Day used to be St. Valentine's Day. I'm curious as to why the saint was dropped from Valentine's Day, yet St. Patrick's remains. I bet it has something to do with the stubbornness of those Irish Catholics, many of who are just too darn proud for their heritage to just be let go so easily. But who was this St. Patrick guy? Well, we know that Patrick was born in Britain when it was a Roman providence somewhere around the late fourth century. And even though Patrick was born into a Christian family, his father was a deacon, it appears that Patrick never took his faith seriously as a boy. However, that's going to change. At the age 16, Patrick is taken captive by Irish pirates, and he's sold as a slave. What? White people enslaving white people? That's racist. Irish raiders and marauders were common at this time because you have to think of Great Britain as kind of like the outskirts of the Roman Empire. So as the Roman power began to wane, obviously warlords and marauders and pirates are going to take advantage 
of that power vacuum. And these raids are much like the Plains Indian raids of the 19th century America. They would take everything and anything. Irish pirates would take animals, children, clothing, whatever they deemed valuable. As a slave in Ireland, Patrick was given the task of a shepherd or herdsman. And it was at this time he began to turn back to his Christian faith more seriously. It appears that Patrick, as a slave, lived in near isolation. Many accounts say not only was he without family or companions, but he lacked even enough clothing to keep him warm. Tradition says that Patrick prayed a hundred times a day and turned to his Christian faith for solace. In his autobiography entitled Confessio, Patrick states that his captivity lasted about six years and he started having visions or dreams during that time. He shares about being visited by an angel that told him he would be home soon. Encouraged by this visitor's information, Patrick traveled 200 miles on foot through bogs and forests to a port and indeed found passage back to Britain. Now, some scholars deny this account and say that the tales of slavery by British pirates are overblown. But the slavery component of Patrick's story has been around as long as, well, Patrick himself. Other myths and legends, such as Patrick casting out the snakes from Ireland, came much later after he died. After much challenge and turmoil, Patrick manages to get back home, and his family is grateful. Needless to say, his parents wanted him to swear that he'd never leave Britain again, which I bet at first this was an easy vow for him to take, or shall I say, an easy vow for him to affirm. Wink, wink. However, it seems like God had other plans for this former slave. Patrick's visions and dreams continued, and after some religious training, he would become a deacon like his father, and then later be consecrated as bishop in 432 AD. He starts to believe that God wants him to go back to Ireland as a missionary. It's a widely held notion that Patrick introduced Christianity to Ireland. But records seem to indicate that part of Patrick's mission was to minister to Christians already living on the Emerald Isle. So how did Patrick convert the unbelieving Irish to Christianity? Well, according to Biography.com, it writes, quote, Upon his arrival in Ireland, Patrick was initially met with resistance, but he managed to spread Christian teachings far and wide, along with other missionaries, through preaching, writing, and performing countless baptisms. Recognizing the history of spiritual practices already in place, Patrick incorporated nature-centered pagan rituals into church practices. It is believed that Patrick introduced the Celtic cross, which combined sun-worshipping practices, or should I say symbology rather, with the Christian cross, unquote. So let's talk about St. Patrick's Day a little bit. St. Patrick's Day is celebrated on Patrick's death, which is March 17th. But different people celebrate the day in different ways. Just like Columbus Day here in America came to be synonymous with Italian heritage, St. Patrick's Day is synonymous with all things Irish. Now, secular Irish, as well as other types of people from other ethnic backgrounds, tend to celebrate the day by wearing green, drinking Irish beer, 
and sampling Irish food and music. The more religious folk, Irish included, tend to attend Mass and take a more somber approach towards remembering the patron saint of Ireland. They might have a small feast in the afternoon, for example. St. Patrick's Day in the United States has a very rich history with parades and other celebrations. For example, in Chicago, they dye the river green, something they've been doing since the early 60s. But it goes back way more than that. Boston held their first St. Patrick's Day parade in 1737. Wow. New York City celebrated their first St. Patty's Day in 1762. So there you have it, folks, the history of St. Patrick's Day. It's a celebration of a man of love and courage whose dedication not only changed an island, but the world. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star rating. You can also check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook. Hit me up on Facebook, and we'll talk. Look at TeachersPayTeachers.com for activities, worksheets, and lessons that you can use at home or in your classroom. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty. Liberty.